This is The Workflow Show, media production technology stories, discussions about development, deployment, and maintenance of secure media solutions, and of course, some workflow therapy when you need fast relief from your painful media workflow challenges. I'm Jason Whetstone, Senior Workflow Engineer and Developer for Chessa. And I'm Ben Kilberg, Senior Solutions Architect at Chesapeake Systems. On our last episode, we welcomed Dave Helmley and Michael Gambick from Adobe to chat with us about their new certification program for partners, the ACESP program. As a reminder, Chessa was one of the first organizations in the U.S. to receive ACESP certification. And we talked to Dave and Michael a little more about what it means to be a partner and collaborate between Adobe, integrators like Chessa, end users, and when the value to the customer makes sense, maybe even our competitors. We talked about how agility is key in a time like we've had since spring of 2020 during the pandemic. We pondered a bit about who might benefit the most from Apple's new Silicon, Max. And finally, we talked a bit about managing expectations when choosing a media asset management or workflow platform. A quick reminder, though, to subscribe to our podcast, and if you have suggestions for guests or episode topics, tweet at Workflow Show and do the same on LinkedIn. Workflowshow at Chessa.com is our email address. Now back to our discussion with Michael and Dave. We are seeing a pretty big uptick in brands right now, you know, working with, I've been working with Piedmont um, here in, in Maryland, a division of American Airlines and even other American Airlines groups and you know, Coca-Cola and all these other types of companies and even some oil and gas companies like Chevron and stuff coming to us about needs for video. By the way, these are very simple needs, right? These are like, we just need to be able to create some sort of video on site to do this thing. Uh, maybe it's a survey video or something that someone's giving. How do we help simplify that for people that don't use these tools, like maybe a bunch of the listeners that are listening to the podcast now? How do, how do you simplify video with the sort of big buttons and, and make things easy enough? Because everybody's creating video, whether it's a TikTok video or or who knows what next platform, it's going to be something like right. FaceTalk or, or YouTube. <laughs> you don't even know um, what the next thing is. And again, that's where- FaceTube. <laughs> anyway, so, but that's what that's where we're counting on you guys is to say, you know, there this is an ever-changing, um, you know, arena of just a deluge of technology coming at us. Of course, we enjoy that to some degree, but sometimes it's just like getting hit with a fire hose constantly and we're expected to know, right? And it takes a, yep. a group of us at this table exactly. to sort of have a conversation how to weed through some of this tech. Or, or it needs a, a village to grow a child. And sometimes, sometimes workflow therapy, sometimes the therapists need their own therapy. <laughs> <laughs> right, Ben? <laughs> That's true. It's absolutely true. And I, what strikes me about this conversation and kind of what we're all angling at is it's always about the relationships, right? Yeah. It's the relationship between um, the client and their service provider and the technology companies and the closer everybody has ties and the routes of communication that remain open, that's when you guys get amazing new ideas from end users who say, oh, I just wish it would do this thing. And then everybody says, oh my God, I'm so mm -hmm. glad it does that thing, right? And sometimes the thing, by the way, speaking of panels is pretty complex. So you take, you know, one, one of our, our competitors, you know, Avid, mm -hmm. awesome company, um, they've 
you know, we've been working with them for three years on their new panel, right? Because people have invested on a back end, for example, and I, you guys have done uh, some work in that arena. And, and if you mm-hmm. haven't seen what they've done uh, to, to sort of uh, c- connect things with their Media Central platform with Premiere, it's mind blowing. It is, it is absolutely amazing. And this puts, this type of technology yeah. puts, the editor and the driver's seat to say, you know, today I'm going to, I'm going to use Premiere and I can deliver my project or tomorrow I'll use Avid or whatever the tool is. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to share one story from a client where, you know, COVID hit us last year and they, as everyone else need to move over uh, to remote and doing that uh, editing at home. Yeah, please do. So it took the service provider because the way to set it up the system I'm not lying, 40 minutes, and they were productive as they would be in the office doing uh, news editing. And the reason was they just changed locations mm-hmm. in the integrations and, and made something, mm-hmm. what I think is also important, what you guys bring into the table for the client is, I'm passionate about a few things, uh, which is creativity for all and, and team, but also agility, um, something that, every single company needs to be aware of and needs to somehow implement in in their organization. And this is the time where we are in the moment. Everyone is getting disrupted. Everyone is seeing a a transformation. And if you're not focused on what you do best and try to build something that someone else knows already or maybe can deliver, you're not fast. You're actually the opposite of being fast. You can deliver this. You can, you know, just get this out make it and then you can adapt with the client and you will be a, a trusted advisor from for clients because you are adapting on their needs mm-hmm. and you're choosing the right vendors and you are bringing in the right storage and you're bringing in and you're changing it because it's needed and then something else is happening and then you uh, advise them to a different direction it's an ongoing uh friendship partnership right yeah it's it's a win all the way around right everyone involved it's a three-way win right if you think about it that way which is which is rare sometimes right Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. yeah and it's a continuing relationship i think is also important you guys have a pretty good reputation for that as well it's not just set it up i mean you're, you're kind of there for the full life cycle of this project and whatever the next one is for the for the client i think we we kind of count on that too as as premiere and after effects and our tools go through the next the next cycle again we kind of talked about you know something like m1 and we had a whole mm-hmm. new chipset and we've all you know for those of us uh, with gray hair we live mm-hmm. through system 7 savvy and and os2 you know and all these old <laughs> operating system and it's like okay now we just got another one here's the next new new power pc to intel yeah switch right but again through through these changes we get we get you know we're getting pretty good at it right because i think we kind of know what to expect and how to go through this and and customers will count on how we've done this three times before um but again hopefully there's some new things that we gain out of this um so again never changing those new macs are so fast too right i mean they're they're just crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was just going to say, Michael, um, one of the one of the themes that I hear you, uh, I would say, just just coming back to is to stay doing what you're good at. Be agile. I don't want to use that with a capital A just yet. But other than the overall theme that I'm just that I'm hearing, which is, you know, stay doing what you're good at. You know, any advice to uh, Chessa or organizations like Chessa that what do you do to 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 get to that 
that agile sort of efficiency. Are you doing this already perfect? Uh, one important thing in agile is being customer focused. Mm -hmm. And if you can talk about agile years, if you forget the most important thing, which is customer focus, you are failing. And it's just adapt to the needs of the customers. Mm -hmm. and fulfill them fast. Focus on how, how you deliver the value to the customer. and Yes, yeah. yeah. And mm -hmm. you need to be close to the customers. And mm -hmm. you guys are close to the customer. You're listening. You're doing all the projects, et cetera, et cetera. We are close, but I mean, as Dave just said, we are, our, our team is worldwide, but it's limited. Um, sure. We have way more customers that, that we have team members. And that's why for us, it's also about multiplicator of what we do, um, you are part of our team. Mm -hmm. Chester is an extension of our engineering team. It's an extension of our knowledge. It's an extension of our customer relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. More excitement in and around the development of some of these system on of chips and the embrace of ARM and kind of um, all of the radical changes we're seeing in platforms like you were mentioning, Dave, in terms of the lines between mobile and what we kind of think of as traditional desktop workstations starting to blur. Um, yeah. because we've got eight gigs of RAM, right? So think of it, it's like, hold on, eight gigs of RAM. Now we have our work cut out. Not only do we have to make libraries skinnier and smaller, and you know, Apple's in this example has been a great partner. Again, I think ARM is going to go. We saw what NVIDIA now, so it's it's going to go far and wide. But I think Apple's kind of the first out there. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot to rethink. So does that mean that we're going to be able to do a two-hour documentary for Netflix on an eight-gig Mac, or or do we just say this? And again, it's where you guys are going to come in. Well, with our testing, we find that this is going to be good for news and simple edit, kind of some of the persona stuff that you guys went through on the training. It's like, well, that, yep. that's kind of where this fits. And you don't want a customer uh, buying a whole bunch of these because they're the new shiny object. If it's, And I don't think Apple would want that either in that example. They want to make sure they're getting the right machine, at least yep. for the tools that they exist today. So I think we do have our work cut out. Uh, for us and a lot of the partners uh, will. How do you load plugins on that? Plugins can be very memory hungry. Uh, mm -hmm. well, what does that mean? And you guys have your work cut out to sort of say, okay, well, you're looking to run this, this red giant effect on these things, and that's not going to give you um, a good experience for, for what it is you're trying to, to do. And does, does the automation tool, by the way, that we've been talking about, uh, you know, maybe you guys build, does, where does that live in, in memory, right? Is there going to be enough? So it's, uh, it is interesting. We're kind of going backwards in RAM. By the way, I thought it maybe it was a good exercise, by the way, because maybe we, we you know, don't need to, to keep loosening our belt as the memory, you know, making our pants bigger, if you will. You know, it's like maybe we're getting a little sloppy in the way that things get done. And we should really think about how libraries get loaded and, and optimizations. And I think that's, a, that's another really good exercise that, that's coming out of this, this one uh, M1 uh, example. So, yep. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to whatever some of the pro variants might be that we get to see in another six months or so, and um, how that fuels, like you said, some of the back end uh, traditional workflows, how those get shaped and changed by the advancements. Um, always, always exciting. Yeah, it really is. And one thing that that I think is for me is becoming um, more and more into a clearer picture. I get the impression, and maybe I'm wrong, that we see more and more phi-less MAM or PAM system. And when I say phi-less systems that are not 
like you know you need to start in the mam you need to start in the pam you it's only xdcam it's only this or this because we own the file it's more likely a file is a file and it could be try to make a mam understanding nine by 60 or square it's it's most mams that just fail because they're not built on this mm. and that's what i see is that's why I, there is no topic or a name out of this but i i actually i see kind of a trend that that I see in a bigger project is where they're asking for uh, a fileless PAM or fileless MAM to be faster adapt to to new, you know, to the next TikTok, to the next whatever we have. Maybe you see a 21 by two frame rate or <laughs> what, uh, frame size or whatever other stuff is coming up. Customers might also want to know if they're not real familiar with a, with the production asset management system like a PAM or or even a MAM for that matter. You know, why do you need one? It's like, well, you're trying to find ten files out of a million that are going to help you with some sort of uh, you know documentary on the, I don't know the history right. of Chessa something. So we are seeing with you know again I I mentioned speech to text and transcription coming for us as we will be able just to click on a video and say, okay, well, just, just go ahead and process that. We're pretty excited about it. It's, it, it's working pretty fantastic. Uh, that, that data, whether you choose to display it on screen or choose to search it, almost edit by word search. So now you're going to be able to kind of see assets have some intelligence to them. And, you know, there'll be people that will say, well, really all I need to do is just to have some sort of interface to give me some sort of organization, but I don't need a big heavy ma'am in the background for these types of tasks um, and even creating things. Where I see a lot of documentaries out there that we've we've worked on where they don't have an asset management system and they probably should have because yeah. finding stuff can be so hard. All that's going to get easier when we start adding speech to text built into Premiere Pro um, which is just going to be a very simple thing, right? Like I think mm -hmm. our attitude on some of that metadata is, I mean, you've got Siri, you've got Alexa, you've got all these other things. Speech should just work, right? Yeah. So how do we make speech work for us to help automate? Kind of fits into the man. Exactly. I think I think Dave, what you're speaking to is something that that I have realized. I, I realized a long time ago, when we started having uh, in our in our uh, MAM consultations, we started having comments like, uh, why doesn't it just work like Google? Why doesn't the search just work like Google? Because that's people's experience. That's people's expectation mm -hmm. with search is that they come in and they sit down and they start typing, they get autocompletes. There's already a curated, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that there's so much going on behind the scenes. I mean, Google knows everything about you. They know what you, they know what you want to search for. So when you start typing the search, they already have an idea of where you're going in your brain. Well, that's also going to get it. <laughs> Um, and I hate to say it this way, but but auto edit, you know, make, mm -hmm. make my movie, you know, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, to look at the cut and see that you and I are having this conversation. We're kind of tracking your face a little bit. And we're yeah. looking for gestures and, and we kind of know when to make a cut. And we've been playing with some of this technology for a number of years, as I'm sure other companies have to try to figure out. And again, we don't want to necessarily do it for you, but be that creative assistant, right? Like mm -hmm. these are some of the exciting times that are coming that will just be built on some of the technology that we will be releasing something as simple as, as speech to text, but where does it lead us to in five years? And, and how does that fit into something like a man? And again, you guys have your homework cut out for you because yep. you got to keep up with all of this stuff and it ought to be a fun ride, but you know, never changing. 
Yeah, the the thing that always strikes me is that uh, you don't think about the amount of additional data that speech to text brings and how hard that hammers a database. Sure. Right. That if we run, you know, say a million of your legacy assets through speech to text, all of those words will get indexed. All of those words will go into your database and specific records and be searchable. And the database has got to be that much faster and that much larger. When I'm sitting back listening to that, like, all right, so how do we get all of that metadata out of Premiere? Like, I don't care where it comes from, whether it's coming from Premiere. That's what I'm getting at. Or whether it's coming from the MAM. I don't think our end users do either. It's just how fast fast they get access yeah. to it and how easy is it to get access and if to they it. need it today you guys have to say well we have a partner gray meta or whoever right, right. so we'll mm-hmm. call out to dan uh, dan daub over there it's like hey you know there there are partners that we have that do some of this today and a lot of customers may be listening to this today didn't even know you can do a bunch of this stuff today right well again i the, the also the perception the perception is that th- that these platforms just do the thing yeah you know mm-hmm. google just does that and they might be leveraging gray meta they might be leveraging something i mean they've got their own cake that they've baked behind the scenes but you you may be seeing because of rapid deployment and because of cicd process these days you might be seeing these features just popping up in these platforms and they just work what i think everyone needs to understand is that there is a lot of infrastructure behind that feature like mm-hmm. that's out there on the internet that you don't even need to look at or think about or anything make it look easy make it Look, yeah, you know, exactly. They make it look very easy. <laughs> telling a good joke. I mean, timing is that people understand how intelligent comedians, a lot of them have to be. And the timing, you have to take a difficult task yeah. and, and, and uh, you know, make it seem make it seem simple or funny. Uh, Jason, you triggered something when you talked about uh, what people expect. Are we seeing actually mm-hmm. this kind of, I do expect it's working this in this way a lot. And we seeing this, especially when we are faced with, um, you know, there's a kind of a big broadcaster and the journalists are maybe using Premiere Pro at home and then they're getting into the office and then they're seeing a different editor and then they're expecting, because it's attached to MAM, maybe is part of the MAM yeah. system. And they say, why it's not working like I used to doing this? Why it's not working this and this? And that takes me to the point, which I think is also very important and super reliable for, for the clients is if you use a standard you know, commodity kind of software like Premiere Pro, which is usable, it, it's out there, people are trained, etc. It's It's a standard. Mm-hmm. And then you are adapt and customize it for your workflows. The value because of these two different things are fitting so well together through uh, our openness and the integration possibilities. That is um, a, a very big win because you, you don't need to do 100%. You can all on your own. You can just use something that is there, that's working, that's proven that's working, and then you adapt the stuff that is unneeded. Um, so that is also will be a challenge for you, but also super exciting because you can actually change a whole broadcast station during during the running. I know an example where uh, one of our service provider is the the broadcast is moving buildings, so they are mm-hmm. they move into a complete new building on a green field. And what they're doing is, because they not know when they're ready, what they're doing now is they move everything up in the cloud, copying everything they have into the cloud. And then when the new building is there, they can pull in stuff, different aspects of this back into the building. And then they're not building a fallback system because they have it already running in the cloud. So this typical, you need a backup system for the playout. You need this as a, uh, it's all gone because they are 
building it on the fly and then pulling it down on the need and on the timing they have. Um, and I mm-hmm. always talk about more like the broadcast stuff. It's just my background. So I'm, I'm, I'm right. Yeah. Everybody's a broadcaster now, Michael, if you think about it. <laughs> COVID has taught us and s- selling these little switching devices, Elgato, and there's dozens of them out there and, and s- some pretty uh, gr- great tools like Wirecast. Uh, anybody can be, uh, can be a broadcaster. And again, you guys have probably had to coach a lot of people through a lot of that and figure out how NDI wires into this and other types of technology, right? So um, I do know during some of the presidential um lectures and campaigns that were going on. I, I work with some of the news and I work with all the news agencies. Uh, a lot of that was being produced out of people's living rooms that had no idea, especially when some of the debates were going on, uh, how where the switching was actually being done would probably shock you. So, mm-hmm. Wow. So uh, again, this is this is part of the part of the new times that we've been we've been talking about. Sure. Wait. How many backup internet accounts do you have? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. How many internet connections does your home now have? Yeah, yeah. yeah mine has th- three. They're all cellular. <laughs> and by the way, we are seeing uh, you know things like Starlink. I have a lot of Adobe friends that live out in the middle of nowhere, and that's what they're all running. That's next for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I can tell you, it's uh, it's been pretty pretty cool to watch that kind of speed. Talk about remote editing. Um, and they just announced that that's going mobile. So you can be in a camper uh, going down the road or maybe a Tesla, who knows how they're going to connect all these dots going down the road and be able to have this, this connection. So it, it, again, it's yeah. exciting times. And I keep going back. Uh, let's just say your homework's never done. No. Like, you know, there's no time. There's not enough time to listen to all the podcasts you have to listen to, much less make a podcast to keep <laughs> up with the technology and reading the trade magazines or trade websites, right? I mean, and then you have to be able to parse that out. And that brings us back to this sort of Knights at the Round Table instead of Game of Thrones I was talking about, where we kind of have to count on each other to sort of weed through some of that and say, here's some of the tech that I think is really good and we should consider, you know, bringing this into the discussion. And we kind of count on each other to weed things out a little bit. I do that a lot. Um, you know, for for Adobe and always have as I look at a lot of the technology before I bring it to the rest of the team. Um, and, and I do get a lot of questions from Michael and other team members say, what do you, th- what do you think about this? And I'm like, yeah, I didn't think that was that great. And here's why. Sometimes I'm wrong. You know, sometimes I, you know, I need to dig into it a bit, a bit deeper to really understand it. But, uh, you know, Starlink's just going to be another one of those when you've got a, uh, you know, some sort of sports event that's traveling and you guys got to say, well, you could, you could actually use Starlink to do this, that, or the other thing to produce that remote edit. Right. Right. For sure. The Workflow Show is a production of Chesapeake Systems and More Banana Productions. Original music is created and produced by Ben Kilberg. Please subscribe to The Workflow Show and shout out to us at workflowshow at chesa.com or at Workflow Show on Twitter or LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. I'm Jason Whetstone.